we go back and we revisit one of the logging sites that we had been to, and the loggers said, hey, a big bull moose just ran down through the bottom of that clearing. And so Jay jumps out of the truck. <laughs> the moose has run into the woods. I hot foot over the hill with my rifle, and I get down close to Jay, and he comes out and he goes, get Bob. That's Stacy Annis, and on today's episode, it's not the trophy, it's the hunt. From NCPR and the Adirondack Center for Writing, this is The Howl. True stories, no notes, live on stage in the North Country. I'm Ethan Chanty. You know, my dad was a big hunter, and for all the 30 years that he worked at Alcoa, he would take at least two weeks of his vacation time during hunting season. But hunting? That was never for me. The idea of sitting out in the cold and the snow and trying to shoot a deer, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like venison, but not that much. Anyway, the very first year that he went hunting, on his own, he was 16 years old. And that year, he got a seven-point buck. Those horns, they hung up on our wall in our kitchen the entire time that I was growing up. And I always thought, well, that's not a bad way to start off your hunting career. But then I learned that the next year he went out, when he was 17, he didn't get anything. Or the next year. Or the year after that. And for 10 years, he never brought home another buck. But still, he went out year after year. I always marveled at that story, and truthfully, I kind of thought that his stubborn tenacity was, like, a little ridiculous. Ten years without a buck, I mean, I probably would have given up. But then one day, I was in a van on the way to Chicago. My band had a show out there, and if you've ever driven to Chicago from the North Country, you know that it's a 12-hour, one-way drive. We were playing just one show, and it was going to cost me and my band a few hundred dollars in gas, in food, and hotels, way more money than we were going to take in. A show that would in no way pay for itself. And then I realized it was like a light bulb went off. You just do the things that you love, even if you strike out for 10 years straight. He hunted despite coming up empty-handed for the same reason that I hop in a van to play shows to 10 people. You just do it because you love it. There was one thing he always wanted to do but never got to, though. And that was to hunt a moose. And on today's story, we are going moose hunting. And this one turns some heads. Stacy told us this story live on stage at the 2023 Howell Grand Slam in Saranac Lake. Back in 1992, um, in the Adirondacks, there was a not many moose here. Uh, there was one moose, though, however, that we all followed closely, and his name was Big Richard. I don't know if any of you were around here for that, but... Big Richard had a radio collar on him from the DEC, biologists, and anytime he was sighted, we would, you know, there'd be something in the newspaper, and I was fortunate enough that one day we were out surveying for some sled dog trails, and very crude surveying, where you'd drag a tape, and then you'd stomp the ground every hundred feet, and we were in the Christmas tree fields, and all of a sudden, you hear this large tromping sound, and I look, and it's Big Richard. And the guy I was with said, whoa, this is interesting. He goes, and so we go a little bit further. He was gone through the trees. And then we go a bit further, stomp, stomp, and there's Big Richard again. And I don't know if he was threatened or he thought there was a mating opportunity. <laughs> but we bonded. <laughs> so my husband is from Maine, and he's a hunter. And for, you know, till he, since he was 18 years old, he's been applying for the Maine moose hunt. It's a lottery. Uh, it's limited. You know, there's not very many. It's really hard to get them. He's never won the lottery, ever. 
we are on diametrically opposed sides when it comes to moose. And I get a phone call, um, not, you know, not long after the Big Richard incident, and it's a guide from Maine. He said, congratulations, are you Stacy? I said, yeah. He goes, you won a moose hunting permit. Because <laughs> my husband had entered me, because he wasn't doing very well. And he said, and I'll give you $1,000 for it right now. And I said, I, my husband would kill me. I can't do that. So... Now we're going to go on a moose hunt. Um, I had a six-week-old daughter at the time, so she'd be six months when it came time for the moose hunt. And we head to Maine. Uh, so it's my husband, his good hunting buddy Bob, myself, our daughter. And we're going to meet Uncle Dick up there because Uncle Dick is going to make this a hunt of a lifetime for his nephew. He's been scouting, driving around, listening to hillbilly music for days, <laughs> talking to loggers. And so we arrive, and um, day one, now all the other relatives know about it because they've been going for years. It's a big festival. You know, there's, there's the way station where you check in, and you can see the moose have been taken, and they measure, you know, all their statistics and their teeth, and, and there's a big bull ox that's available named Babe to drag your moose out of the woods if needed because you don't want that moose to go too far into the woods. You'll never get it out. And um, it's a festival. And all of Jay's family is there. Like, there's probably 20 of them. And so what was supposed to be a two-car convoy going out in the morning, so it's me and Bob and Jay and his Uncle Dick. Bob and I are in the back of the pickup truck. And our head's on a swivel. And then behind us was to be the baby daughter, who I had to nurse periodically. And the family... Well, day one, there's five or six pickup trucks in line. So we're going to call that the daisy chain. So every day we went out, and the daisy chain would line up, hand the baby off to the in-laws, and we go out and we start looking. So day one, this opening is only about four days long for the season. Day one, we see some moose. They're not very big. One of the game wardens said to us, yeah, you don't want to shoot those. That's a Thursday bull. In other words, the kind of bull that a desperate hunter shoots on a Thursday because you're running out of time. So Jay let those go by. Day two, we did not get the big moose on day one. Day two, line up the daisy chain again. Here we go, driving around, talking to the loggers, stopping, calling, scouting, no moose. So now it's Thursday. And Jay is all of a sudden starting to look at the Thursday bowls and thinking that maybe it's time for one of those. So we, we go back and we revisit one of the logging sites that we had been to. And the loggers said, hey, a big bull moose just ran down through the bottom of that clearing. And so Jay jumps out of the truck and hot foots it down there. And you could actually see the moose go through. And he, he actually is able to get a shot on it. And the moose is gone, humps up, runs into the woods. Now, one thing I haven't mentioned about this whole moose hunt, the reason why I'm there is the winner of the permit, you have to be present in the hunt. <laughs> I've only shot a rifle once. I am the backup gunner in this situation. The moose has run into the woods. I hot foot over the hill with my rifle, and I get down close to Jay, and he comes out and he goes, get Bob. Like, I, I'm not the adequate backup gunner, apparently. 
Now I'm like, oh my God, where's Bob? Where's Bob? Bob comes down over the hill, and I'm just standing there. I'm scared to death. Bob is my hero at that point because I'm waiting for this charging moose just to come out. It's, it's gone. And the, uh, fortunately, actually, the moose did die quite quickly, and he was just into the woods a little bit. So now we've got the daisy chain up on the hill. All looking down, some of the fitter members came down the hill to join us. And the loggers, who are also very interested, because this is much better than logging, they come down the hill also. And so we're all standing there, and we're celebrating, and the loggers sort of talk amongst themselves, because now we're faced with how do we get the moose back up to the top of the clearing. It's about a half a mile, and it's uphill. And uh, loggers talk amongst themselves, and they, they look at Jay, and they say, well, we are done for the day. This has been very entertaining. We're going to use our skitter and the log loader, and we're going to take the moose up the hill for you. It's like, okay, this is great. So they haul the moose back up the hill, and there's a big celebration ensues with the daisy chain and the loggers and the baby who was hungry. And so then we have to go to the biology checkpoint. So we check in the moose, and then very conveniently, right next to this is also where the butcher is. So you check your moose in, 1,150 pounds, and then it's taken over to the butcher. So going to be ready to, the next day to go home. My plan, I had my own car. I'm ready to hot-foot it out of there at this point. I'm going back to the Adirondacks with my daughter, and it's 70 degrees. The guys were going to stay for a couple days and bird hunt, and they said to me, do you think you could take the moose meat back? Because it's not going to, we won't be able to keep it. It's going to be too warm. Oh, yeah, and also the front half of the moose that we're going to take to the taxidermist. <laughs> so in my little pickup truck with my daughter, they throw the meat in and the whole her third of a moose, and I head out, and Maine is all thumbs up. Good job. Great job. You got a moose. This is awesome. And on the way home, though, by the time I hit the interstate in Vermont, the stairs are starting to take on a different tone. <laughs> I'm not, you know, they're, they're not liking me. And by the time I got to the Cumberland Head Ferry, where now I'm not doing 65 miles an hour, people are actually looking into the truck, I am downright villainous. So I was very grateful to get back to Saranac Lake, and I want to say I left Maine that day as a hero, came back to the Adirondacks as a villain. <laughs> Sometimes it's a matter of perspective, and I want to say to Big Richard, I'm sorry. That's it for this week, folks. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget, when you head out into the woods on a hunting trip, you just might have to settle for a Thursday moose. The Howl is written, produced, and edited by me, Ethan Shanty. Editorial supervision is by news director David Summerstein, and live audio is captured on stage by Doyle Dean. Bill Hanel is our digital guy. Caitlin Kelly handles everything that you see on our social media. And music on this episode is by famous letter writer of Plattsburgh. The Howl is a co-production of NCPR and the Adirondack Center for Writing in Saranac Lake. You can find more episodes of this show and support us Plus, find out when we're going to be telling stories in your town by visiting ncpr.org slash howl. This is NCPR North Country Public Radio.